0: Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day at camp meeting here in Michigan. We thank you so much for the responsibility and privilege it is to be co-laborers with you, especially in this work of personal ministries. Please, Lord, bless our time during this session as we learn about community services. Help us to know what it is and how we can do this important work most effectively for your glory. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, for those of you who have been at our personal ministry seminars, you know that... Every day we have a different featured ministry of the Personal Ministries Department. We've had In Gathering, we've had that triathlon thing was really neat, and today we have Adventist Community Services. So instead of me going on and on about it, for each department, we figured, I mean each ministry, we get someone who's particularly expert in that. And today is no different. We are graced and honored today to have Mrs. Shelley Ringstaff who is the new director of Adventist Community Services of the Michigan Conference. And she is going, I mean, I don't want to set the bar too high, but this is going to be one of the best seminars you've ever attended in your life. It's going to flip your lid, knock your socks off, and you're going to go home equipped and prepared to do fantastic work in the local church. So Shelly, please take it away. All right.
1: All right. Thank you for coming today. I know there's a lot of other things, but I just want to start with the mission statement. The mission statement that the ACS has is to serve communities in Christ's name. Now, if someone were to say that to you, you're like, that makes sense. That's just that's just what you do. So a lot of people just don't know how it come about. I did it until I started doing research for another class that I did. Back in the day, do you remember when it was called the Dorcas? Like, I've got to go to the Dorcas. and It's usually like the older ladies were... We're sitting around and doing stuff, but you know, that was in 1879, but in 1953, because some of the guys were wanting to come in and help and deliver the food and maybe ha- handle different things, they called, they changed the name to um, Seventh-day Adventist, the Saws, it's right there, and I can't remember, Saws Adventist Welfare System Services. In 1970, the ACFs became one of the founding members of the VOAD. Now, have you ever heard of the VOAD? Well, nowadays the ACS and the disaster response, they're combined into one group. So ACS does the community services centers, and disaster response does all of the imminent, like disasters, tornadoes, even um, terrorist attacks, shootings, we're there to help in whichever way that they need. So, so what happened in this, right before the 70s Like something happened, all the churches we call non-governmental organizations came in, and they were like, "What can we do to help?" And so everyone was kind of bundled, and so all of them decided that they were going to just start this Volunteers of Active Disasters. So the um, Seventh Avenue Church was one of the founding members of that in 1970. And what's really neat is that they are the one of the people that call me the most often. And so we are delivering, I just delivered 90 buckets to Detroit because they had floods. And water to Flint, a high school, had collected all of that. And so we are members of the VOAD, and they make sure that we get all the news if people need help in the state. And so in 1972, the Adventist Community Service became an official humanitarian agency of the Church, Adventist Church in North America. Now, outside of North America... What do we call that agency?
2: Canada.
1: ADRA. So, Adventist Disaster Relief Agency. Nowadays, actually, ADRA is coming back into Canada and doing more. We were partnering up more with them. So, in 1983, the SALS was named Adventist Development Relief Agency. Okay. So, do you guys know have a um, ACS, a uh, community services near you? What are kind of what are some of the things that they provide. What would you? Say? I know the list is here. Food and clothes. What is your picture in your head? You, when I go in, I. What is your picture? You go in and it's a bunch of older people, right. folding clothes, kind of smells like mothballs, and or they have a little. But it's, It is. But it's more than that, and I'm actually feeling that we've lost that connection with. Everybody kind of doing the same thing, you know, helping each other not just be a retirement place. And so a lot of our ACSs in Michigan, they provide food, clothing, furniture, shelter in the time of emergencies. This is more of a disaster response. A lot of churches are called warming shelters or cooling shelters. So this past winter, we had a, a, a warming shelter, some of the churches. But... The Red Cross, we partner with the Red Cross, and they provide the people to come in. We just provide the facility unless our facility has been certified. Another one of the things that I really like about some of them, we have meeting rooms outside. What are some of the classes they would have? What do you think would be beneficial? I know I have these, like some Narcotics Anonymous, Al-Anon, but what other ones would be a real benefit for community services? What do you think? Budgeting. Yes, like uh, like Financial Peace University. Um, what other classes could we have? If you're thinking about community service and serving your community, a health. Uh, recently, um, Vicky Griffin in the Health Ministries, they have a Quit Nicotine program, and in that program, we you are they give you all the tools. So I brought in the ACS leaders. And they're going to be teaching this program, hopefully, <laughs> with their church for the community to come in and just quit nicotine. Or you can do parenting classes. We have a Burmese, uh, they're not up and running right now over in Grand Rapids. They were doing parenting and sewing classes and all those different things. The most important part of it is that it's personal ministries and evangelism. Now, why do you think it could be personal ministries and evangelism? I mean, what would be. Your thoughts about how can we just not be here's some clothes, here's some food, see you later? How could we change that? What would be some of the ideas?
2: Well, there's, um, you know, have some glow tracks. That's a okay.
1: A lot of the centers, when you come in, it's a nice, it has a glow tracks here. What would you think would be? That's a, yes, that's a really good way, come on in, a really good way to be non-threatening to, because I don't believe when we started the Dorcas in 1856 that people were giving away clothes just to be nice. They were saying, hey, there's a need in my community, what can we do to further the cause of Christ? How can we, and nowadays we have all these laws and regulations, but I still think that we can still do that. We are. Adventist community services, so when we hold uh, Classes in the meeting rooms you're actually opening the door to get contacts Is everyone going to say yes? I'll come and have a Bible study no But you're going to have a contact with the community where they're going to be like you know those people care So when they are in crisis when they are in the midst of turmoil spiritually emotionally physically you meet their physical immediate needs And then, hopefully, with the contact, that you're able to meet their spiritual needs. And that is one of the biggest passions I have about this work, because it isn't just, hey, come get some. You go in, and there's older people, and they've got snacks, and it's a fun place for retired people to go. But that's not the purpose. Even in uh, Ellen White's writings, I'll show you in just a minute, they talk about how it is used to soften the heart for the gospel. I mean, if you're hungry, Jesus fed all of those people, and then he food, and then he fed them the, the word of God, and it just opens all these opportunities. So, one of the things I've been praying about and thinking about is how to make community services a personal ministries department again. And so, I'm going to ask you a question. Maybe you can help me since I'm new. What do you, What are some of the things that you can think of? That could be a personal ministries through con- uh, community services or uh, disaster relief. Let me think of anything. You said the health, and we did. What else could we do? We could do involving the food drives, people to come in.
2: Um, you could do like parenting classes. Mm-hmm. You could do um, women's support groups or grief classes. I think those are helpful.
1: Why do you think that is a good in this today's a lot of.
2: And you have a lot
1: of single moms. You have a lot of single moms. You even see it in your church. And if this is a safe place for single moms that we want to go to, and we have what? We have Sabbath schools. We have BBS. You can connect them with all of those other programs within your church. We're not trying to trick people into coming to our church, but we know that this is this is the right, it's the spiritual food that they need. So I'm glad Shirley brought up disaster response because this part of the ministry is super fun. All of it's super fun, but disaster response. When I first came in six months ago, I was like, what am I gonna do? And you go to these classes and you're thinking like, they keep saying relationships, relationships, relationships. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, how am I gonna get relationships? Well, I went to my um, local fire chief And I had a connection because one of our church, former church elders, they were the former fire chief of that (laughs) a few years ago. So he took me in and he introduced me to the new fire chief, his assistant and all these other people. And I said, hey, this is what we have. This is what we can do. And they got super excited, like super excited. And what did I tell them? Okay, Michigan Conference has... Two food, you see our mobile kitchen, we have two of them now. We have a freezer truck, or a freezer trailer. We have communication trailer. We have a chainsaw trailer. I think that's it. A couple other things. Oh, generators. So when I went and said, look, I have, um, I have six generators. I have this, this, and that, what I just told you. They were like, are you serious? <laughs> You're serious? You got all of these things? Because a winter or two ago, everything froze up. And they had to go to, like, the cable company and, like, because the cable company wants their money so they can have the generators going. So they went and took all the chains off of them and took it to people who needed their respiratory. Which they would die if they didn't have electricity. And so they found out that we have it. Now they're coming in all the time, like, with this, what can we do for you? What can we do for you? And it's such a huge blessing because they're like, hey, I want you to be on this board. And my wife's a a part of this um, counseling board for school shootings. And so when you make that relationship, it's super exciting because they are talking Jesus with you because they know that you're a Christian. And it's like one of the most exciting things that you can do. I really like that. Um, Volunteers. So... A lot of people think, okay, I can just join up. But with disaster responses, Shirley knows very well, you have to be trained. So, have you heard of any of our trainings or anything? So, yeah, the chainsaw, chainsaw training, training which yeah. today I'm getting certified. <laughs> I will be out on the hill cutting with a chainsaw. I hope I come back with all of my fingers. Yes, yes, I'll there's, take the test first.
2: Usually, there's a, a video and. Yeah, we've been doing the video. Here
1: at Camp Meeting, we have trainings. We'll have forklift training, which is happening tomorrow. We'll go in with a little bit with Terry Dodge, and then he'll take us to the warehouse, and we'll get certified in forklift training, which leads me back really quick to go back to disaster response, the VOAD, the Volunteers of Active Disasters. When the VOAD formed, because all the non-governmental organizations, they wanted help, and so everybody has a specialty, so Adventist Disaster Relief has their specialty is warehouse. So when there's a disaster, they bring all of the goods. Like people are like, I want to donate. I want to donate. And so they, they get a warehouse off-site, and they start have bring people, just donation, just come in. So our, um, Adra, <laughs> can't even talk. Disaster Relief um, We are the ones that are in there organizing everything, which is why forklift training is very important. And then we do donations operations, which means we know how to pull them in, sort them, get them out. It's all a very organized machine, and it's so much fun. Let's see. What else do we do? So we have the forklift training, chainsaw training, donations operations training. Shirley, can you think of any other ones? And there's also ham radio. Do you know what a ham radio is? <laughs> These are the old-timey ones that you know, when a disaster strikes, there's how you're going to plug in your cell phone for or even if the cell phone towers are going. So it's for nice. that whole communication. And so when you're going to your your local leaders and say, "Look, this is what our people are trained in. This is what our disaster team is trained in." They get super excited. And so what happens when um, a disaster happens and they know who to turn to. When I was first started, um, Benton Harbor had a water filter um, There was um, lead in their water. So after Flint, did you all hear about Flint? That was a disaster. It was national news. It was a disaster. So everyone's like, What's going? They were wanting now. They have protocols that go in line, and so they had called me and asked if they could use, because it was just a certain area of Benton Harbor, they, if they could use our one of our churches as a place where people would come in for to get water filters, because it's a step program. It's not as bad as Flint. It's only in the immediate pipes, not at the the center of the water plant. So they, I was talking to the health department. And they're like, yeah, we know that we can call the Adventists. That's pretty cool. They know that they can call the Adventists, which that's what they call the Adventists, and they'll do the right thing and they'll serve and they're trained and they know what they're gonna do. I was gonna say, um, we also have flood buckets. Why would I need a flood bucket? Surely. Yeah, yeah uh the the Voad called me, I'd said a little earlier, they called me and said, you know, we have flooding in this part of Detroit, we need buckets. That was a Friday. <laughs> And I had just ordered enough for 40 flood buckets, and I had a little bit more. I wasn't sure. And they said, well, can you bring it to us Saturday night? I'm like, oh, okay. So I went out quickly, and I had about, I don't know, 80. And so then I had to buy more. And then um, they said, okay, by Monday, by Monday. And then they called, can you be there at 11 a.m. on Sunday? So me and my son, we took 90 buckets. They wanted 100. I was like, 90 buckets, and you you go, I don't know if you've been to Detroit, like the down, whoo, that is, I, it is another world, it is, I mean, and to have a flood on top of it, and you're like, I hope this isn't a joke that I'm being, you know, like they're just teasing, because, you know, you. they say, will go down to this neighborhood, and at the end, there's a park, And you're like, you know, some houses are condemned, some houses are smashed, and you just feel like, I can't believe this is America, where people Mm. have to live like this. And then on top of it to have a flood.
2: Flood buckets is basically cleaning supplies.
1: It is. I can, if you don't mind me listening, I'm listening because I've got it all in my head because I've had to order some of it. It's a a bottle of cleaner, laundry detergent, and then it's um, bug spray, um, air freshener roll of uh, thick, heavy-duty um, trash bags and then, like, scrubs, they, like, a pack of, like, to scrubs, an actual scrub brush. Um, you get, like, uh, cloths, like, you know, to wipe and clean, and then uh, clothespins, clotheslines, um, sponges with scrubbers, <laughs> and then you have, I'm like, looking down the line of what, masks, gloves, a different, uh, two kinds of gloves that you would do. And you get all of those in in these yellow buckets, and you clamp them all together, and you just send them off to the places. And so when people get them, they can open them and they can start cleaning up. And the people are so grateful. They just they, this is like their house is destroyed, which also um, some of the recovery stuff is a muck out, and as if people's homes have been flooding and it's gone, it dissipated. But you still have all the mud maybe mold, ruin, you know, stairs and steps that we come in and they, we clean up. We also have personal care kits. So if your house is gone, so you, you've had a tornado, a flood, a house, what would you, you, you want to clean up. So in those things, we have a towel and like shampoo, conditioner, shaving stuff, lotion, you know, and you roll up and we hand those out to people as they come through. And... uh this one is one of my favorites. I've told all the pastors, <laughs> emotional and spiritual care specialists. We go in, we are trained, you have to train with FEMA, um, the FEMA classes. We partner with FEMA in some ways, and we partner with Red Cross. And you, you're, once you get um, certified, then you, if there's a shooting or something else goes on, you are able to go in. So a pastor here wouldn't be able to go in, Pastor Donald, Pastor Jonathan or Pastor Donald, they couldn't go in with their credential. They could only go in if they had this special training through FEMA, and it's just a really great way to be a representative of the Seventh-day Church.
2: And that's important about the chainsaw training and the forklift training is that we work with FEMA. Yeah. And uh, you can't just go there and show up with a chainsaw.
1: You cannot. You have to, you be, have to be certified. certified. through. The, and it's funny because... Um, Lake Union is one of the few unions that will train chainsaw safety because a lot of the mother will say, no, it's too much of a liability. (laughs) But we train very, very specifically on this chainsaw safety because it's needed. If there's a tornado and people can't find their house, they need need help. And it's amazing what a, a team of trained guys and our chainsaw trailer, I think we have uh, six chainsaws, I could be wrong, and two long-arm chainsaws. We've got chaps, helmets, goggles, ear gear, and everything you can think of so that when we pull up, our guys go out, they empty everything. There's one guy that stays at the trailer maintaining all the chainsaws, and the other guys are just out there. The spotters, it's very, very, a lot of things about uh, ACS and DR is it's very, very trained so you're here for personal ministries and you're like what does this have to do with personal ministries that is your question i got you just you got to understand how it goes and what it's going that's okay i don't mind that we talked a little bit earlier about this is a way for when someone comes to you whether it be in a time in their lives that they've left their homes, they've lost jobs, and they're hungry. They're coming to you to get their basic needs. We don't say to them, first you get a Bible study, then you get food. That's wrong. That's wrong. So what does this have to do with personal ministries? Well, I'm I'm trying to think ahead of myself a little bit. I want to read this. Maybe then it will start the conversation. We can even start, even like... um, Think about different ways that we can do it, because I want to do it. Welfare Ministry says, Our idea of benevolence must be worked out if we would have them enlarged. Practical work will accomplish more than sermons. That's incredible. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, It's Isaiah 61.1, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim, the liber- proclaim liberty to the captives, and opening the prison of the prison to those who are bound. This work is an opportunity, more than any other, to soften the hearts. And as I've been reading and reading and reading about this topic, I, uh, I just can't help but think that this is a way that I think in the, the new social kind of climate that we have, Or are like, you can only talk about, give them clothes. Don't tell them about, you know, you know we can't do that. But what are ways, help me as a new director, pastor, pastor, what ways can we use this? We see, I mean, this is just one small quote from welfare ministries. Give me ways that this, we could, if someone comes in, um, someone said we could pray. May I pray with you? You can wear a badge. Uh, one of the thrift stores, neighbor to neighbor, they have badges and they walk around and they say, "Hey, may I pray for you? Uh, what can I do?" And you you make those different connections. Um, what other ways have you? Do you think that we could make this more personal ministry, not a, a handout? and that's very important building of that relationship because nowadays with all of the HIPAA laws and things like that you have to be very careful you have to ask permission you know can i put you on a list for you know our health classes coming up you know or you know that know their first name you know make a connection with them when they come in the doors if you're out in disaster relief and these people are crying and upset pray for them it does when you're in a disaster everything is out the door. You're just helping them get from one point to another point. When we did a mock disaster, it was a tornado and the lady lost her daughter and could not find her daughter and she was like hysterical. You know, and you have to go in there calm and be like, talk to them and you're praying yourself all the time. May I pray for you? What can I get for you? And you're directed and then one day she could be down. You've made that impact with her one day she could see a flyer from Seventh-day Adventist Church come to our Jesus on Prophecy, and she's like, those are good people. Say, I want to have a, um, a meeting in one of the town halls for Jesus on Prophecy, and some people on that town hall board, but that fire chief's on there, and he's like, no, these are good people. Let's, let's do that. They're not people that blah, 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 you know, whatever. So when you build that reputation in town, then it opens up doors for the postmaster not throwing away all of your Jesus on prophecy brochures, which is, has happened. So you th- every part of what we do, when we go into stores, especially in a small community, when we are out and about doing business with someone else, that makes an impact, that's outside of communities, that's just good Adventist Christian behavior. You know, when we go outside of that, when they are looking for something for them for long term, That's where they're like, you know what? We can trust the Adventist Christians. We can trust the church. So, you know, really, I was in the mobile kitchen serving yesterday, and one of the ladies came to me, and she said, my grandma became an Adventist because during the war, the Adventist Community Services, Disaster response came in and served her, and she never forgot that and said, I'm going to be an Adventist. So that's why when I was able to become put in this role by the Lord, I 100% believe it because... (laughs) Being upfront, this is really scary for me. You know, I'm, I'm going to grow into this part, but the, pr- the, the pressure I feel on my heart about not just being the people who ha- are good people and can serve this and can do that, but to use this as an avenue to make those connections so that people are like, you know what, I really want to be an Adventist. You know, there's so many times you meet someone, they're like, yuck, and you're just like, I just don't want anything to do. We make those quick judgments. And when we are the people of God who not only give you food, but give you opportunities for better lives with the health programs, the things like that, this is what the, the whole ministry was, was, has started as. And I think that we have lost it, not on purpose. We get busy, we get do this and we do that. But I think we just lost that mission to be a part of a community you- service. I just think that mission needs to be put back into it. So, whether you're in, after this you're gonna do community services or not, but it's such a great, soft way to come in. So, Pastor Jonathan, do you have a, uh, community services in your churches? Small or big, it doesn't matter. It still reaches the community. Do you give clothing or food? Um, food. food? Okay, so say Pastor Jonathan opens his church and they give out food. What else could Pastor Jonathan do on that day to change it to a personal ministry witness? What else could he do?
2: Set up
1: a literature table. Literature, literature table with smiling faces, <laughs> with happy people. People excited. But I do like to caution. I've had people. I've. Got, my husband is a pastor. You know, we've done a series, and I was. Talking with a lady and she didn't come, and I wasn't there, so she went and knocked on her door. She didn't answer, she went back to the back door, knocked. You're like, but she was looking in the windows. So there's a line, there's a line. Let's be not weird, you know, let's not be weirdos, you know, but there's a gentle way that Jesus had. He won them just by his countenance, the way that he was. So if you have people coming in, how about in disaster? I know we just talked about this. So people in disaster, and they, how could we change it from here's some food to a personal ministries moment? One of the other things that besides partnering with health ministries and those kind of things, I'm really worried about our youth and young adults. And like, as a person with a ch- children that are 18, 15, and sixteen, you're like, "What can we do?" And I love their friends. What can we do? What can I do to help them remain involved in the church? I keep thinking about that. And nowadays, what kids like to, young people like to do some of these things. And so Shirley, Shirley's surely full of good ideas. Which maybe the refugees. So what do we have? We have refugees from Burmese, Nepal, Rwanda, Somalia. Somalia. So that's. A, I mean, just our one Burmese. I I, mean, um, I see her. I, I'm really excited to hear what she. You know, just what do you think the refugees would need? It's a, it's actually kind of it's surprising what they need. I mean, pots and pans alone. You have to have what you know. How do you rent a home? English is second language classes. I mean, um, I'm trying to think sewing. Parenting. How do you parent in America? It's completely different. And so these are another part of community services is a refugee program. And those people are looking for a new home.
2: One more big one. I noticed a lot with the refugees specifically. The parents are coming into where both parents have to work. Yes. And so a lot of the kids had a lot of, uh, like, basically free time to um, idle time. Yes. trouble.
1: What do they say? Like the devil's hands or something yeah. like that. <laughs>
2: and so a, a ministry could be like an after-school program for the kids, for the refugee family
1: which is really good when you're trying to start a community services or you're like kind of feeling like your community services is a little bit lolling if you go out into community it's another good way to talk to your community and they say i'm from the adventist church what kind of you know what would a survey we want to serve the community it's another great way to make uh, contact Absolutely. I'm writing that one down. Anything that we can do to.
2: Because to, you know. otherwise they'd say, okay, we got these great buckets to help start cleaning up. Well, the buckets we, are we, like.
1: Yeah, well, they have a big thing on the front, but we could do more.
2: That's our group. Good- Got a lady who's making cards and they're gonna put them in the bottom of the bucket. Nice. And they're gonna put a little bottle of bubbles in it. Uh-huh. So to cheer you up and then from the seventh day church and
1: the church members on the time. I mean, I, I just start th- I get thinking about it, I just get really excited because there is a way to win the world through these acts of kindness. It's not just to be nice, and you're not tricking people into becoming a Seventh-day Adventist. I always thought about this and people were like, oh, you'd have these semin- you know, seminars and you go along the way and then all of a sudden you're like, you're Seventh-day Adventist, what? It's not even that, it's just like that we have a good news. This is a great news. And if we're just giving them that and not giving them the other, I think we're missing humongous opportunities. Um, anything, any? Do we have any questions? I have, uh, any questions about community services or personal ministries? Yeah, you have to get a survey, yeah, you can have people go door to door.
2: You know, sometimes there's articles in the paper that say that, you know, this is going on, or that is going on, but where can you into that? Or the a p- local papers that you can get for free that they put in your
1: Yeah, office. like what's going on in your like community, like, oh, they're opening this and something. You can go to your fire chiefs and all those, you know, it, just make an appointment. It, it seemed so scary, but when I did it, I was like, oh, that was super fun, you know, and just say, you know, this is in the community. I told the fire chief, if there's a fire and a family has no clothes or anything, call me. I will go to Lansing Church and have them open the Community Service Center and they can have whatever they need. Of course, I went to Lansing Community Service Center and I'm like, they're like, yes, absolutely, because they're all on on Target. So you can do it a few ways. Go to your town councils and be a part of it. Let them know who they are. Yeah, and it may be a shortcut, and or and let and then you can also let them know what you're doing, so it's not like you're being covert or anything, and start building your name in the community. And
2: the schools are good contact because the schools know which kids are coming to school, and muddy shoes, or dirty clothes, or whatever, and you can do it. You know, again you said down low, but you know that you're meeting a need in a community and that the the child does receive services from the best church.
1: And the true thing is you really care about the needs. You know, if they don't choose to have a Bible study or go to a seminar, that's their choice, but they have an opportunity to learn. And for contact. And for contact. I don't know how many like like cooking schools that we've had, that the list is like huge. People, it's non, it's non-threatening. You know, people just nowadays they just don't trust people. They don't, they don't know what they need and what they don't need. They just say, "Oh, you're so strict." Oh, but they don't see the love and the the beauty of the message. Any other questions? Um, I guess I, I,
2: took the chainsaw class and the workbook class at class. I guess like three years ago, mm-hmm. is that certification?
1: Every three years. Is it every three years? Yes, every so three years. I probably
2: should have been that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but are you, are we going to have it at the fall workshop, possibly? Possibly. I'm actually... that's have done that in the,
1: that's in the past. I, I just feel the burden so strongly that I actually I'm doing this for Mark and Cameron and they're going to come to our ACS uh, fall workshop and they're going to... Train us as a community services and disaster relief um, leaders and people who work in there to be learn how to better do personal ministries. You get lost in the good, and then you get lost in the everyday, and then you're like, oh, you know, here's a glow track. But if we find that passion to which this, um, the last quote I'll leave with y'all: If we viewed the cross of Calvary in the light of God's word, we would be. One with Christ as he was with one with the Father, our faith would be altogether different from the faith that is now shown. It would be faith that works by love to God and our fellow man, and to our fellow man, pu- and purifies the soul. If this faith was shown by God's people, many more would believe in Christ. A hallowed influence would be exhorted by benevolent actions of God's servants, and they would shine as a light in the world. It's just one of the many quotes. And as I'm learning more and more and more, I just say, you know, Lord, what can, what more can I do? What more can I do in this position? What more can I do as a local person? I, I told you, I've gone to the firefighters, I've gone to the policemen, and just said, this is what I have to offer. What do they call that when it's like you do something with the asking nothing in return? It's like a, it's a weird word. I, yeah, disinterested benevolence. I was—I asked uh, one of the past. I'm like, that just doesn't sound great. What is that? It just means that you give, but you're not interested in getting anything back. And that is—it's—it's it's beautiful because you—you you really don't need anything back. So, is it, if there's any more questions that I have, that you have for me. If not, I just want to thank you for coming. in. I'm always available. You can email me and uh, let me know how I can help. I'm still learning, too. Um, I, just, I just really feel that the Lord's taking community services and disaster response into a more personal ministries direction. Okay, let's pray. Father in heaven, I just thank you so much for these faithful people. I just ask that you bless them in whatever way they are wanting to do personal ministries, Lord. I just ask that you help us to be disinterested, benevolent people, Lord. I just thank you in your name I pray. Amen.
0: This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse dot org